Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. have not an apology to make, but a statement to make. I lost the thumb drive from last week's message. We always record it, and uh, I don't know what I did with it. So if you see it around, it's black with a little red thing on it. Uh, I misplaced it. I came back up here and looked all over the place, and I had gone out to eat after church, so I even went to the restaurant that I went to, and they were like, no. Nobody turned anything in, and we didn't find anything, and looked in the parking lot. It was nowhere, so those messages are now gone. Um, But I want to finish up where we were at, which was uh, what I was talking about was about the idea of our credibility as we add godliness into our lives, and the authenticity that it takes to see that credibility, and then what credibility does and how it removes the the reek, if you will, of hypocrisy. And talked about, you know, doing things like God doesn't hold hypocrisy against us, but there is a genuineness that... uh, that just filters away when when that's in our lives, and um, and I think at any given point in time uh, we can be a hypocrite. What is a hypocrite? Not being able to do the things that you think or ask of others to do. So I'm not condemned, but I've done that. You know, there's no condemnation with it. But there is something that happens that as we bring godliness into our lives, that accusation and that, that thing that happens when we feel hypocritical goes away. One of the things that, and I tried to explain this, that happened with me early in my Christianity is that as God took care of that hypocrisy and gets it out of your life, there's such a freedom that comes to the human soul of knowing that you have a genuineness in you. And so I want to return to that place where we're at. So I may have to... uh, There's our passage. Let's read this together. Let's say it out loud together. This has been the, the controlling passage of all these teachings. So say with me. But also, for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. To virtue, knowledge to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and you abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that an incredible passage of Scripture? I have probably read and studied this for years and getting more out of it now than I ever have. And I hope it's been helpful for you. Um, In looking at this and that the genuineness of our faith defeating hypocrisy, so we look at this, godliness and credibility, 
And this passage is here. I want to look at 1 Peter 1.6. It's really important. I've got some highlighted in there because I want you to see the connection with this. So 1 Peter says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you've been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, Though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom you have not seen, you love. Genuineness to us, when, that's a, when it's uh, in our credit, in credibility, the Lord himself says, oh, that's incredible. It's more precious than gold. I don't think we understand that, that our faith being lived out in this world to God is gold. It's precious to him. He looks at us and says, oh, man. And here's Peter. Now think all the stuff that Peter went through. You have to, you have to historically kind of jog your mind and go through this. You know, Peter was the one that was with him for three and a half years. Peter was the one he looked at. When he said, on the revelation of you seeing me as God, on this I will build my church. Peter was put, you know, I kind of think as Peter as the head guy. He was later the, the leader of the church, especially at Jerusalem and stuff. <sighs> Knowing what he went through, he was also the biggest hypocrite that ever lived. He was the one when all it would have taken was one person to stand up for Jesus and said, no, that's not true. I bear witness and testimony that this is who he was. And instead, Peter goes, I never knew him. I, I know, I've gone, I've lived through some hypocritical things in my life, but never. I mean, when you think of this and you go, oh, and God looks beyond it. And sees the heart of this man and calls him back into himself. It should be so precious to us, the life of Peter and who he was and what he went through. Because if it was so for him, guess what it is for you? It's so. Whenever you don't feel genuine as a believer, whenever you don't feel like gold but feel like a bunch of lumpy coal... God calls you back into himself. And he takes care of that. In 2 Timothy 2.19, Paul makes a very interesting shift with this whole concept of genuineness. He says, nevertheless, speaking to Timothy, the solid foundation of God stands, having this seal. What seal? We'll get to it. The Lord knows those who are his. That's what he did with Peter. See, Peter, even though he blew it, was sealed with a promise from God, God himself. The Lord knows those who are his and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, also wood and clay, some for honor, some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he'll be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. God put a seal on us. 
It's a guarantee for you that you can be genuine. Uh, it's a sign. A seal is a sign that everybody's supposed to see that something's genuine. Um, today, even today, and I watched, some, I watched the news reports and somebody paid like hundreds of thousands of dollars for a pair of original Levi's from the 1800s in America that they were found. Do you know what they had on them? A samp, a seal. That's how they knew that they were Levi's. And they were still, it's really weird, they were made the same way. Like back in the 1800s, and I may, they might have been a little bit baggier, uh, but they were the same kind of jeans. You knew, you know, and you knew they were Levi's because they were branded on the back with a little leather stamp that said genuine Levi's. It's the seal on the back that tells people that they're Levi's if you wear them today. Now, maybe you like a different brand better, uh, but it's still, it's what makes them Levi's. And we know it, and we can depend on their being Levi's because they have that seal. So it is for believers. What is the seal that God gives us? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. When we talk about adding godliness into your life, what it really is, and we did it this morning when we sang, it's just recognizing that Holy Spirit is here, he's with me, he's on me, he's in me. I'm sealed. He says to Timothy, you've been sealed with a promise of genuineness. It removes uh, that stickiness. Um, later, I'll just, well, here, no, I won't. We'll put it up there. So Paul continues. Now you have to remember, again, I always like to look at these things historically. Timothy was one of the few people that Paul actually uh, was, was evangelistic with and he was converted through Paul's teachings. And so Paul considered him a spiritual son, a spiritual offspring. And Timothy helped Paul all the years of his ministry. And Timothy was one of the few that uh, never abandoned him. And this is what he writes to him. In 2 Timothy 1.3, he says, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience. I like that about Paul. I'm genuine. I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did. He also understood they were sincere. As without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you. He was branded. He was known. He had a seal over his life. Which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. Uh, people don't name your child Eunice. I don't know why. That's just a weird name. And I am persuaded is in you also. Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us, we always take this 
out of context. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. He's saying you've been sealed with something. The Holy Spirit that's genuine in your life, so you need not fear. So the seal that believers receive, which is the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives, to bring them into godliness is the thing that actually drives out fear. The next time fear creeps up, you say to that fear, wait a minute, there's a genuineness of the Holy Spirit in me. I will not fear. It's a, it's a stamp on your life, and it's one of the most godly things you can do. It's stunning. It just blows me away that, that God... You know, we, we always have a pattern how we look at the Holy Spirit, how we talk, and how we sing about Him, the things we ask of Him. We did it in a wide variety of ways this morning and stuff. But God has a view of the Holy Spirit that's very different than we do. It's the aspect of God in which He gave to us that we would be joined to Him. It's by His Spirit that we're in fellowship with God. It's by His Spirit that we have communion with God. I know God is real because He lives in me. I can't prove faith to people, but I can live genuinely with the stamp of the Holy Spirit on my life who always leads me in godliness to make godly decisions. Godly decisions should never be this, oh, I really want to sin, but I'm going to choose God. It's already sealed. Sin no longer has dominion over you. If that argument is there, let him brand you again. Even if it sizzles a little bit when he touches let him brand your life again and again so that that genuineness of God is in your life and it notice you notice it. Like I make choices now, I go, I think I might have struggled with that 25 years ago. I don't struggle with it today. It's actually, I don't want to get attacked over this, you know, but it's actually, like, it's gotten easier. And then you read the scriptures, it's supposed to. The light is supposed to get brighter. The way is supposed to get easier. Why? Because we're growing in the knowledge of God's goodness. Does that mean that you've blown it and it's never going to be any good if you make a mistake? No. It will get brighter. <laughs> Wherever there's darkness, God shines his light more and more and more into our lives. I want you to look at these three passages of scriptures together and combined, these make such a statement of credibility of the seal of the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 1.20 For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen to the glory of God through us. Glory of God through us. Now, he who establishes, key word, us with you in Christ has anointed us is God who also has sealed us and given us the spirit of our inheritance as what? 
Guaranteed. You're going to heaven. I guarantee. You're going to live godly in this life. I guarantee. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's in you. Well, what if I don't? He will lead you back into it. It's who He is. He's not going to leave you alone. Lots of people today talk about the judgments of God over this or that. I don't understand all the judgments of God. I don't think we're supposed to. I don't think it's an aspect of God that I'm supposed to use to direct my life. I want to I understand the seal of the Holy Spirit in my life. And that there's, there's a guarantee from Him. I don't think we understand how important that word is. Because it brings such security in the life of a believer. Even when loved ones and family members and everything seems to be going haywire. There is a guarantee from God. And that's where your prayers should anchor. Not in changed circumstances, but in the guarantee that is from God. Because that works with the genuineness of your faith. The Holy Spirit is always there to guarantee that genuineness and that faith. This makes sense. It's there. It's so sealed. Now look at 2 Corinthians 5. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God. You're not preparing yourself. Who also has given us the Spirit as a guaranteed. Here's how you really have to say this. We win. It's guaranteed. You're not gonna, I'm not going to go out a loser. I win. I play with clerks all the time when I check out at stores. When they say, how's your day going? Oh, it couldn't be any better. It's incredible. Really? Yeah, I read the book. I win. You win. I'm not losing. I'm winning. In the darkest time, remind the darkness who the guarantee is instead of doing it in your own strength. And out of that, godly thoughts start coming. Godliness starts working in your life. All of a sudden, you'll remember where God met you someplace that doesn't have anything to what's going on now, but God met you in a spot and you remember it. That's called a guarantee. God brings it back to your memory. For me... I have this bold statement. God has never let me down. I didn't get everything I wanted. God has never let me down. I didn't get everything that I thought it was going to happen. God, it's guaranteed. He's going to take me through this. Because it does this, then in verse 6. So we are always, what? Confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Paul writes to the Ephesian church and he says, In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, by the way, he's speaking about the gospel of grace, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. There's a promise given to you. 
who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. I'm his. If a, if I did something that it looks like I'm a hypocrite, then I own it and go, yeah, I didn't do that right. But I know this, God is for me. And he will love me. And if I've hurt you in any way, please forgive me. And there's a, there's a guarantee there of the Holy Spirit promising it in your life. This is so, this is, this is beyond, if you will, where Paul later talks about in Ephesians, that it goes beyond what you think and ask. Because it's guaranteed by him. There's aspects to your life that you don't know yet that are already guaranteed. They're already guaranteed. Now I'm going to say something because of like doing a memorial service yesterday and going to one and enjoying all that. It's guaranteed you're going to die. Guaranteed. If you know Jesus, it's also guaranteed that you're going to live and not die. What? I'm going to live. I have eternal life in me now, and it's a seal of the guarantee of what will be. So this life is a, it's a shadow. It's a shadow. Somebody quoted C.S. Lewis at that service. You know, we, we live in the shadow lands here. It's not the real deal. This isn't the real deal. The real deal's in heaven. And we all wear the same brand. <laughs> and it's all guaranteed. That's phenomenal. What does that do for you? Causes me to live godly in this life. I live and I add godliness to the other things that I know. It's there for me. I, uh, it's done something for me. And remember, this has been about the economy of God. So it also does something, the godliness aspect and the seal of the Holy Spirit and the guarantee that God's with me to lead me into godliness allows me to add through subtraction. Remember, God's economy doesn't work like ours. So it looks like this. John writes, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. It's guaranteed. Are you doing the will of God? Yes, I'm living in Christ. That's the will of God, for you to live in Christ. Not as much about, see, we've always constantly made this about, are you obeying God? I'm obeying Christ. Who obeyed God. Christ did an obedience for me that I couldn't do on my own. And the Spirit is the guarantee of that. He did it. The Spirit comes with a stamp that says over your heart, It is finished. I'm not waiting for my race to end here. That's the beginning. 
That's the step over into beginnings, not endings. For the people that are still left here, it's an ending. That kind of is hard and kind of stinks. But for each of us, as we step into eternity, the seal of promise is over our lives. And we're met. I listened to an old Paul Kyle, an Irish song today. Oh, man. About the king of summer. And about, it's about the passing over. And that eye is not seen, nor is ear heard, nor is it entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. We don't get it. So we need to proclaim this and embrace this in our lives now. Because we're going to step. There will be angels, archangels. What are they? I don't know. (laughs) Seraphim and cherubim. What are they? I don't know. And a witnesses. All the saints that went before are witnessing your stepping into eternity. And you're already sealed with the promise of it. We forget that here. and We're not supposed to. It's done. It's finished. I will see you forever. Beloved, we'll see each other forever. It's guaranteed. And this stuff here, it's passing away. So let it go. Let the stuff go that's of the world. It's not that, I mean, I'm supposed to go without. No, it means don't get caught up in ungodliness. This is where we cut it out. We subtract ungodliness out of our life so that the godliness is a precious thing that we take with us into heaven. It's gold. It's the stuff that lasts. How do I do it? Well, I found some ways in my life that really work. It's this. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and our Jesus our Lord. So I can grow in the knowledge of God and Jesus. I can. You can. You can understand more things than you ever understood. All you have to do is ask him. Because as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and what? Godliness. I'm adding this into my life. Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. You've already escaped. It's already a done deal. We think it's not done and we have warfare. His warfare has ended. My warfare ended the day Jesus came in. I just don't remind myself of that. Do you belong to Jesus? Yeah. What can take you out of his hand? Nothing. How do you know that? Because the Holy Spirit lives in me and won't leave ever. Good news is he doesn't leave me alone. That's the scariest thing I could ever imagine. To continue in ungodliness and God leaves you alone, that would be scary. 
That's deathly frightening. That's when you ask, how come? Back in my days in the charismatic church, I had this, and some of it was based on my human pride, I think. But I always got unnerved. Everybody, I watched people for years long for a word from some prophetic person that they would come and give somebody a word. And that they would and I'd watch people, I'd watch people. And whenever it happened in my life, like I, other people started coming and telling me what God was saying about me, to me, for me, and stuff, I'd get really suspicious. Why? So I'd go, how come you're not talking to me? And so I started, sort of, some of them I believed, and some of them I went, mm, I don't think so. <laughs> he hasn't said that to me. That's why I said, it's sort of, I think some of it was a little bit of human pride, but the other was I knew the one who lived inside of me. And he didn't leave me alone. He spoke to my life. Me, him, one-on-one, -on -one, him and you, you and him. You don't need other people to tell you what God is saying to you unless you're not listening. And that's what I would pray when people would come and give me words out of the blue. I would go, My Lord, have I not positioned myself to listen well? And half of them I threw away. They needed to be thrown away. And half of them it was I wasn't listening well and I needed to position myself to hear what God was saying to me. Now, does he use other people in our lives? Of course. But you have a precious promise of godliness from God in your life. And you're sealed with the promise. My sheep hear my voice. And another they will not follow. You don't have to be scared of God. He wants you to listen to him. My sheep it doesn't say might hear my words, might hear me, my sheep hear me. You can hear God. How can you say that? I'm not very spiritual. Yes, you are. That's a lie. Throw that one right out. It just goes with the fear stuff. Throw that one right out the word. All you have to do is open up your Bible and say, Lord, speak to me. And you start reading the words. And guess what? He will speak very loud very clear, and it'll be just for you. And you'll hear him, because you're sealed with the promise. And you'll do, and the other way I do it is this, in Philippians 4, 6. I lived in a family that carried a lot of anxiety. You may have had that too. Different anxieties over different things. My mom was always worried about one thing or another, not just where the money was going to come from or what was going to happen. She would worry about what the neighbor was thinking. I'm going, neighbor, I didn't talk to you in six months. I don't, what does it matter what they think? But I lived in a home like that, so the atmosphere of anxiety was always there. And so this scripture years ago, God began to use to work godly thoughts into my life about who and what I was and where I was from. So Paul writes in Philippians, be anxious for not one thing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will do what? Guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, and this is where it came into being, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, 
Whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things because those things are godliness. Those are the godly things. Instead of looking at something that somebody's going through that you know and going, oh, I think the worst is going to happen, start praying, not in anxiety, but out of that over to the praiseworthy things. They will walk with God. God will never leave them nor forsake them. God won't abandon them. It's his inheritance, and I'm sealed with the promise that makes it real. And pray these godly things over their life. It's guaranteed. It is guaranteed. Godliness is guaranteed. So I want to read it one more time. 2 Peter 1.8 For if these things are yours, you can make them yours, you can own them, and abound. The things that we said add, godliness is yours, and it can abound. And you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who lacks these things, short-sighted, even to blindness, has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you'll never stumble. God's with me. I'm not going to stumble. A very bold statement, brother. God's with me. It's guaranteed. And should I stub my toe, he will be there to guide me through it and lead me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Guaranteed. I want to pray the guarantee spring up again and that you see the brand when you look in the mirror. That you're sealed with a promise. Lord Jesus, we add godliness to our lives. We receive it as a brand this day, that I'm brand new. I'm a new creation. It's guaranteed. Your salvation works. Your salvation leads me in paths of righteousness. Your salvation makes a way for me where it looked like there was none. Your salvation is your promise and your guarantee for now and for what will be. In Jesus' name, amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you. Lord, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, who is his guarantee. In Jesus' name, amen.